Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. You're listening to part two of last week's episode. If you haven't heard part one, please return to our recordings to access the first half of this episode. We don't want you to miss any part of this story. Yeah, do you have any other stories of like encounters that you other team members have had or encounters that you've had personally? Yeah. Um, uh, Another couple that, I mean, there's, there's so many, and there's so many, like, there's joyous ones and hard ones because it's, I mean, it's the streets and it's yeah, a rough life mm-hmm. on the streets. But um, one of the things that I think about a lot is like the real fruit that comes of investing in, in people as friendships. And like, that's one of the differences between us and a normal, like social work organization is sure. like, we don't have a goal in mind of getting someone housed, which is great, obviously. Yeah but the goal is simply to love them and know them. And, um, there's a really special fruit that comes from that. Um, one of the things I think about pretty often is, um, and we've had a couple experiences of this, but, um, my, my buddy Jake, um, who started it with me, um, had, had this experience and we have said, we focus on the spiritual works of mercy. And one of the spiritual works of mercy is admonishing the sinner. Um, and sounds like I'm about to go into a really harsh story. <laughs> and it's okay. Maybe I am. Um, what is, maybe what does that mean exactly? So admonishing the sinner is essentially um, you see somebody who is um, doing things in their life that are destructive or sinning. Right. And uh, correcting them with charity. Gotcha. Um, so that they come back to the Lord and, you know, go to heaven. Right. Um, Tough love, right? Yeah. So it's. <laughs> Yeah, so it's really it's trying to love them with heaven in mind rather than loving them with the next five minutes. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, Jake was downtown, and um, he there was there was a guy that he met every single week um, for months on end, and he had a good relationship with this guy over you know several months, built it up, and they knew each other and. Every week, the guy would see him coming. Go, Jake from State Farm. Love it, um, love and, it. <laughs> um, they would hang out and eat together, and all sorts of stuff like that. And and that's the cool thing too is there's there's a genuine community because people are sitting down, eating together, playing games together. Right, yeah. And um, so Jake learned about this guy's life, and eventually, um, this guy said one week um, that he was um, he got a plane ticket to go home. Um, he was going to go back home for his son's birthday and was getting a job lined up and all sorts of stuff like that. And Jake was like thrilled, like, oh man, like you, you made it. Like you got stuff figured out. Like, this is great. Um, they said their goodbyes. And then the next week Jake came back and the guy was still there and he, he asked him what had gone on. And, um, the guy was like, I just, just decided I didn't want to, it was just kind of going to be a lot. And I just don't know if I can handle that right now. And like, I, it was my birthday, so I really wanted to have a drink, and then one drink turned into two, and just was telling this this sad story. And Jake got really upset the way that only a friend gets upset with somebody who is doing something self-destructive, and um, really just 
admonished this guy and like told him he was sad for him and told him that he wanted a better life for him. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy got upset and got angry and walked away. And Jake was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to see him again. Mm-hmm. And then the next week came back again and the guy came running down the street, barrel, like barrel hugged Jake. So happy to see him. And it was like, what you said really stuck out to me. And I went to the DMV this week and got a red line um, or a red line uh, driver's license, which is they put a red line on it so you can't buy alcohol. So he oh, got wow. himself or like he got Ooh. himself a red line license Ooh, so he wow. couldn't go buy alcohol. And he had called his son and was um, setting up a time to go back and and all that kind of stuff. And there's um, there's a lot of times you do encounter people in the streets who have made bad decisions and are right. currently making bad decisions. And a lot of those things are the result of traumatic experiences or addiction mm-hmm. or things like that, that are, I mean, really, really hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that there, there's almost nothing that makes me angrier than somebody driving by and yelling, get a job or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, who has sure. No idea who the person is, has right. no idea what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Jake was able to like admonish the sinner, was able to like speak this truth to this guy yeah. because he knew him and because there was mm-hmm. an actual relationship where the guy knew you care about me. Right. You're not just here to judge me or to like vomit your anger on me. Like you actually care about me. And that gets through to people much better than yelling at people on the Mm -hmm. sidewalk or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's things like that. And then I think of another time that I, so I work professionally for a social work organization that shall remain nameless. And um, I do outreach work. So I go into the homeless camps and and try to help people find housing or hook them up with resources or whatever it is. Um, And to see the difference between that, during my weekday and Mm. what is received from urban hearts Mm. on the weekend is like this massive difference. So one of the stories that always comes to mind is I was out for my normal job and I was out in the woods and there was a guy who had a, uh, a tent set up on a frozen Lake and it was like April. So I was like, that's risky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, (laughs) and I went out to go talk to him and I was like, this is risky. Uh, (laughs) But I went out to talk to him and I, you know, knocked on his tent or, you know, really knock. You kind of switched the tent around. Um, and uh, I asked or you know, I was like, hey, I'm, you know, an outreach worker here to see if you need anything. I got some food, whatever it is. And he immediately just launched into a barrage of expletives the like I have never seen. Like just angry. Who the F are you? Yeah. What are you doing here? Get out of here. I'm so sick of you guys coming and, mm-hmm. and getting my information and you never help me. And like, so sick of you guys just taking down my name and my birthday and walking away and went to this whole thing. And I was trying to calm him down and it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Sorry to hear that. You know, if you, if you want me to leave, I will, I have some food if you'd like it. Um, and he finally kind of calmed himself down a little bit and he goes, well, well, who, who are you anyway? I was like, uh, my name is Joseph, and you know, I just got some food and stuff. And he went, Joseph? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, are you with Urban Hearts? And I was like, yeah. And he opened the tent and tackled me onto oh, the lake in a oh hug. My, and oh my was just like, it's so good to see you, man. Like, you guys, like, helped me. Like, you changed my life when you came out that day. Oh my like, I still remember you and this girl and this girl. Wow. And she prayed for me. And, oh. like, and it was just like, this guy was so angry and fed up with every other organization because it's based on Mm -hmm. results. Mm -hmm. And he was Mm -hmm. just 
overwhelmed to see somebody from Urban Hearts because what Urban Hearts really is is just people who love Jesus and love the poor because they love Jesus. Um, so yeah, things like that um, are just wow. fruits of like actual friendship with people, um, which is awesome to see. Wow. What, a, what a transformation to him. Yeah, yeah, it's it was incredible to see. So yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> just getting to see like what it means to us as human beings. Like, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to go out and have nobody ever look me in the face, or just to you know, at, when someone does walk up to me, kind of give me this like script over and over again. That's you know, just is so empty yeah, over time. That you've heard a million yeah, times, and then like to actually encounter a person and an organization where you are reminded of your humanity yeah. and how important you are and lovable and you know, th that someone would actually make the effort to come back again and again and again. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't imagine what that would be like to yeah. truly like be loved. Yeah. In that, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's cool too. Cause a lot of times painting with a very broad brush here, but a lot of times, um, especially like social work organizations and the, those kinds of things can kind of treat um, almost treat homeless people in a way like with, with like kid gloves or like they have oven mitts on, like they're sure. too damaged and sure. too broken to like, you know, um, to do anything. And, um, and um, one of the things that we found is like that I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with, but like, is like, we, we have actual friendships with these people. That's like, we can make fun of them to their face sure. and like jab them sure. and joke around with them. And like, um, literally, like literally actually wrestle with them. Like, mm -hmm. because a lot of them are native <laughs> Alaskan and love these ref wrestling games. And like, is that why you've been working out so much? Oh no, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I, I go, I go into Kaladi brothers and grab a coffee. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like, there there's an actual friendship here that is beyond like, Oh, you're so broken and damaged yeah. and you've, had so many terrible things happen, which they have, but they don't define themselves yeah. by that. So why should mm -hmm. we? So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's so beautiful. Joe, I vaguely remember when um, I was talking with someone from Urban Hearts. I can't remember who it was, but they were mentioning how when you guys first got started and you guys first went out on the streets and like the homeless people kind of just wrote you guys off because they were like, they just thought you were you know, those groups that just come once and yeah. then Labor don't show up. Mm. <laughs> just another flavor of the week yeah 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 um and then and like correct me if i'm wrong or add more to this um but then when you guys kept showing up that they were like oh wait these guys are legit and they actually care about us yeah i mean that was huge um because there are so many missions or groups that go out like they're like oh we're gonna go serve the poor this weekend and they go out and um and it's it's great to serve the poor anytime want to make right. that clear right but um they'll go out once and then they'll never come back and there's a kind of a jadedness that can happen with people on the streets of oh like here's another social work organization great or like oh yeah. here's another mission coming through town to offer us some coffee and whatever it is and like great like see you never um, and there was a little bit of that attitude the first time we came out. Um, but yeah, over the, um, and it, it took really probably six to seven months, um, to kind of like 
really get that trust established. Um, mm-hmm. But then once it was, it was awesome to see how they welcomed us as part of the community mm-hmm. and would like bring us around and like, oh, let me come, like, let me introduce you guys to my friend over here and, and this guy over here. And here's the, here's the leader of this, this camp over here. Let me introduce yeah. you to him and he'll yeah. introduce you to these people. And, you know, they would kind of give us the lowdown on like, oh, like that's some sketchy stuff happening over there. Like you guys probably don't want to go over there. Mm-hmm. And um, they would kind of <laughs> really become like our tour guides. <laughs> um, through the street. And um, yeah, I mean, those, those relationships were, were hard won for our missionaries, but like, that's, that's why we go out every single week at the same yeah. time, the same hours, no matter if it's snowing or raining or whatever, even, even if we know they're not going to be there because they're inside because it's cold, we're like, we have to be there because that is what we said to them. And they've had so many experiences of, of backstabbing or people who didn't follow through mm-hmm. that we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to be people who, who keep our promise to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that has won a lot of trust. Um, and it's, it's also cool to see because of that, like we have new missionaries come in and if they find out that the new missionaries are with urban hearts, they're immediately accepted now um, as like, Oh, these guys are legit. Like they're oh, wow. sticking around. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're committed. Awesome. Yep. You're committed. Like, cool. Like, let me introduce you to people. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's been awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And so you guys have like these bright orange jackets that you wear oh, yeah. out when you walk Very on the right. street. So <laughs> do your friends on the street, like recognize you guys immediately? Oh yeah. And that's why we wear the bright orange jackets is so that they can see us in a blizzard. Um, <laughs> Which is a lot of the year. Here. It is a lot of the year. Yeah. Um, but don't be discouraged. Anyone who's listening outside of Alaska and wants to come here. Um, but uh, yeah, we had uh, a lot of, um, a lot of the, the homeless community in Anchorage um, is a lot of um, native Alaskans. Um, and uh, we would go out and they would they would see us walking down the street in our orange jackets, and they would come up with nicknames for us. And one of the ones they came up with uh, was the creamsicles. And like, <laughs> why creamsicles? Maybe you guys already got it. But <laughs> yeah. we were like, why creamsicles? And they were like, because you're orange on the outside and white on the inside. <laughs> Um, let's see, Pumpkin Gang. They call us. Uh, one gang. of the one of the popular ones downtown is they call the downtown team the Holy Rollers. And there's a guy down there, an artist, who made like a whole poster about it. So, That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, it, it's all it's just so amazing hearing even more in depth and like just some more stories about this because like my husband, he also encounters a lot of the homeless population mm. in his work, and. Um, he's also, you know, any patient that he's ever asked, like, can I pray for you? Or do you mm. want to pray together? He's never gotten no for yeah. an answer. And just like the faith and the love that he has encountered is, it just always blows his mind. And, you know, just hearing his stories is just always incredible. Um, but one of the really beautiful things about urban hearts is like here in Anchorage, the last that I heard, like just. I won't, I won't even say what organization, but one organization that my husband and I have volunteered with in the past, um, their numbers were that like in Anchorage, there's enough housing right now that like every homeless person could have a place to sleep every night, but there are about a thousand people on the streets consistently at this point who don't want to, Mm. um, who don't want to leave the street. Mm. And, um, and obviously a lot of that is just due to incredibly severe trauma 
that, you know, it's very, very difficult to overcome. And those people will probably never be in a place where they want to kind of have more of like a quote unquote normal life again. And, you know, that, that can just be so hard to encounter, especially, you know, like there's someone coming into the hospital multiple times a winter for frostbite and you Mm. want to help them and get them, you know, into housing and taking care of, but that person might not want that. And it can just be such a difficult position where you really want to help people, but you feel like there's nothing you can do. But I love that urban hearts is just like a a totally Christ centered angle that just comes from a different perspective of like those people. The most important thing is creating a relationship with them and loving them. Like you don't need to find a way to fix them quote unquote and, you know, get them to a place where they're able to accept the help that these other great organizations or people in the hospital or whatever want to give them. Um, urban hearts is like this beautiful, completely different approach where it's like, it's okay. You might be in that subset of people who have so much trauma, um, and are in in such a place that you're going to be here the rest of your life or for a very long time. Um, but you're actually helping them in such like in, in a way that, impacts them way more than any stay in the hospital or, you know, some type of facility would ever be able to help them. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we love to be able to help people like, you know, make that journey to, to being housed or something. If we can, (coughs) Um, we haven't been able to really step into that too much. Um, Like we, we had a friend who we saw pretty regularly um, this, this summer who, um, he was stranded here and just needed a plane ticket back to, to his village. And we fundraised and got the funds mm-hmm. together to, to buy him a plane ticket back. And he's housed now yeah. um, and, and back home, which is great. But um, the, the whole point of the mission is to love people like Jesus does, which is to love people with their eternal salvation in mind. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we like try to recognize that like, like, cause a lot of times like our missionaries usually about like four months in will hit, will inevitably hit like a, a wall of like spiritual attack or something where they're like, I just feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm sure. not doing anything. Or sure. like I go out and I see the same people on the streets every week in the same situation. And, and it can be disheartening because yeah. you love them and you want them to have a warm, safe place to live. And you want their addictions to be broken and you want them to live like, normal, loving, fulfilling lives. Um, and, and there are people that, that end up, that, that ends up happening to, and it's awesome. But what we've kind of realized is what, what we really want is like, we, C.S. Lewis has like a line and I'm, I'm not going to be able to quote it correctly, but I think it's in mere Christianity where he basically says, it's very easy to forget that the person who is in front of you, the, the, the newsboy who shouts too loud or the bank teller who annoys you that day, or even your husband or wife, it's very easy to forget that they are actually a creature destined for eternity. And that one day they will either become something so horrendous that you would only be able to see it in a nightmare now, or they'll become something so glorious and beautiful that if you saw it now, you'd be tempted to worship as a God. Mm-hmm. And it's basically this idea of like, remember that everybody we meet has an eternal destiny. Mm. And so the hope is that we might not be able to get people into housing, but maybe by consistent love and witnessing and just preaching Jesus, like 
in those last moments when they're dying, they will repent. Mm -hmm. Or the person who is addicted, who never is able to get over it because of how physiologically difficult it is, like still like pursues that relationship with Christ to the point that they get to heaven. And that can sound a little bit morbid to some people at times. Like, um, yeah, we, we hope that we can just help people after death. But really, like, that's that's what we want is to be out there to witness to Christ so that, like, our friends out there can can get to heaven yeah. mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. can experience Christian community right. even when they feel exiled from community in a lot of other ways. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is, that is, I think, the, the difference. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome to be a part of that. I think it's just ministry in general is kind of that way you don't often see the fruit yeah or you do and it's but it's been 20 years or you know (laughs) i'm a youth minister and it it's like these little nuggets and things um but i think it's beautiful and i also think that it's what everybody craves is every human craves community every human craves love and every human craves belonging and they deserve it as much as the next person yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just share one more quick story real fast too, of just the way that God works out there is we've talked about kind of like the miracles he does internally for our missionaries and the miracles he he does through the friendship. But like, we've also seen just truly miraculous things. And one of them that comes to mind is um, we had a missionary last semester named Maddie. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And uh, we have a friend named Carl who we've literally known for three years, like since the beginning of Urban Hearts and who I remember meeting like five, six years ago. And this last winter, he, like our friend John, got really bad frostbite in his arm. Um, And it was, I mean, looking at the arm, it was black and blue. It was dead flesh. His fingers were frozen, could barely move. There was no sensation in him. And he um, told us one Saturday that he had an appointment to go into, um, into the hospital to to have his arm amputated because that's what the doctors said. It was the only thing left to do. Mm -hmm. And he was understandably upset about that and um, Mm -hmm. asked Maddie to pray over him. And she is a woman of very great faith, much more than I am. And uh, she uh, took his arm and laid hands on him and just prayed over his arm and um, just said, Lord Jesus, in, in your, in your holy name, I ask that this, that this, flesh be healed, that his arm is healed, that Carl's arm is healed. Um, and they left and the next week they saw him and his arm had been completely restored oh, to 100% health, wow. all like full circulation, full movement in his fingers. <laughs> How have we not heard this story before? <laughs> because anytime anyone brings it up, Maddie gets red in the face and goes, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Maddie. Woo-hoo. Maddie, you are being called out right now. I know you're listening to this. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. Um, but yeah, he went to the doctors that week for his appointments, and he said the doctors were just flabbergasted. They had no idea what had happened or how it even could have happened. Um, and we see him every single week still, or almost every single week, I should say. And he always uh, waves his, his good arm and says, tell Maddie I say hi, and my arm is still working great. That's so, oh, my well, gosh. Just, like, just to, like, second that, like, I get my husband in the hospital, one of the saddest things all winter is that he's, like, basically most of what we're doing in the hospital all winter is just amputating limbs. Wow. And, you know, just wow. the, so many people lose their hands their feet, 
part of their legs, part of their arm, yeah. whatever. And, you know, so I've heard a lot about frostbite. And when it gets to that point of the flesh, like actually turning black, there's no going back. Like yeah. that's, that's actually like impossible in this realm of the world to happen. <laughs> so it's a supernatural story for sure. That's yeah. amazing. No, it's wow. amazing. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, well, Joe, before we wrap things up, um, I kind of have two questions for you. One, if you could kind of just explain and plug Urban Hearts a little bit more about like how to become a missionary, if people seem interested, um, whether they're out of state or local to Anchorage, um, and kind of just explain like what that actually looks like. Um, and then also as someone, you know, uh, like I'm married, I have babies, I can't commit to being an Urban Hearts missionary. So what could I, as someone who maybe doesn't feel called to go out onto the streets, do to like still help and serve the homeless? Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, if you're interested in being a missionary, we um, take young adults from 18 to 30 um, and um, you can find, uh, we have a website, urbanhearts.org, and it has my my contact information, email, phone number, all that. Um, and you can just send me a message and I'll, um, I'll get in contact with you and probably do some kind of phone uh, interview, just initial conversation um, and, and send you over the paperwork. Um, it's very easy paperwork. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and kind of the, the normal commitment is we have people commit to, it, it basically follows the school semester. So basically commit to a semester of mission work about five months. Um, and what that looks like is every single Saturday during that mission period, um, we meet up at 1145 noon at our mission headquarters, um, throw a bunch of stuff in our backpacks like sandwiches, drinks, hot coffee, hot tea, whatever it is. Um, and then we hit the streets for like three, three and a half hours and just pass out um, the stuff folks need and have conversations with them, play games, chat, pray, whatever it is. Um, and then we come back and... Um, back to our mission quarters for like an hour and a half to two hours where we just hang out and have um, time together as a community. Um, the, the idea is kind of what we want to do is invite our homeless friends into community with us, which we can only do if we have a community amongst ourselves. Yeah. And so it's to build up um, that community in the local church. And then there's throughout the week, um, there's just kind of a, a commitment to prayer and study. So we have a um, a formation program we put um, our missionaries through, which is stuff like um, catechism, scripture, um, maybe church history book, maybe some of the, um, and maybe papal encyclicals, um, things like that. Um, and then you commit to at least a holy hour every week, but probably more, <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, some kind <laughs> of daily prayer. Uh, and then there's um, like a, a formation night once a month where we have a guest speaker come in uh, and a retreat that happens every mission as well. Um, so that's kind of the overall commitment. Um, and like I said, you can learn more by going to urbanhearts.org. Um, you have an Instagram too. And right? yep, we have an Instagram and a Facebook. Um, I think it's just at urban hearts missions page knows at urban. Hearts <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, what was the second question page? Sorry. Oh, um, like what could people do who don't feel called to work out on the streets, but still feel called to serve the poor? Yes. Okay. That's right. Um, so the first thing I would say, honestly, is, is it truly is pray, um, pray for the people who are doing that because mm -hmm. there is a tremendous amount of spiritual attack that happens, um, out on the streets and people get 
can get discouraged very, very quickly into not doing it. So pray for the people who are going onto the streets um, and and pray for the people who are on the streets. Um, those are the first two big things. Um, you can also um, keep like in your car, keep um, if you're uncomfortable handing out money, which I think is just a prudential judgment that everybody needs to make. Um, you can keep stuff in your car, like little bags with socks and hand warmers and uh, granola bars or something like that that in there so that when you're at a stop sign or a, a street light um, and somebody's on the corner, you can just quickly hand that out with a quick blessing. We have some people who like to put rosaries or miraculous medals in there, that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, not to sound like I'm fundraising, but honestly, you can <laughs> you can give money to mm -hmm. the organizations that are um, because usually they're not if they're like a Catholic mission, they're not usually funded by grants or something like that. It's usually just mm. local, like faithful Catholics who want to see a ministry support and thrive. Um, so you can pray about, about giving money or supplies um, to, to whatever mission it is. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Oh, and I would also say, I, I forgot to say this uh, in regards to the prayer as well. Um, you can fast for people in the streets mm -hmm. to like take up some kind of penance for yourself or some kind of fasting weekly, daily, whatever it is, give up a hot shower for somebody else who doesn't mm -hmm. have hot showers, give up a meal mm -hmm. for somebody who doesn't have regular food. Um, something like that. Um, I think the Lord really blesses those sacrifices for, um, for people who are, who are in need of blessing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's great. great awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll put all of that info in the show notes as far as the link to the website and Instagram and everything too. Show notes. Love it. <laughs> show notes. Yes. <laughs> We're official. <laughs> um, all right. So we are going to move on to our mini miracles. So Margaret, how about you start Ooh. us? So I think I'm going to have to go with stuff surrounding i just did a high school retreat and if anyone's been in youth ministry or even if you haven't it's a ton of work and it can be really overwhelming um but this time two things i was sick the two weeks leading up to it um which is in a way sort of good timing but i was waking up several nights the week of the retreat coughing for two three hours and just struggling because i was losing sleep and needing to plan this retreat and um trying to take care of myself. Uh, I think I took naps a couple of days to kind of, you know, keep my energy up. Anyway, the night before the retreat, I slept through the night. I couldn't believe it and felt pretty refreshed. And so that's miracle number one. And then I guess the, the second miracle is just, it's so amazing to see these kids come and they have no idea what they're getting into and they don't want to be there. And, you know, two hours in, they're having a blast and laughing and making new friends and just watching them throughout the weekend realize how desperately they needed the community, how desperately they needed to renew their relationship with Christ. And this retreat in particular felt really special to me. I felt like I stepped back more and let God just work. And I, you know, at the end you say, you know, what, what was the best part? And most of them say one of three things. Um, usually it's adoration and confession, both of which were mentioned. And then we had more time in silence. And a lot of them mentioned that just their joy in that time to just quietly reflect. So I just saw God work beautifully in these kids' lives and, you know, almost everybody went to confession and they were excited about it to renew their faith. So for me, it's kind of a big miracle. Every retreat that I survive is a big miracle, <laughs> but um, this one just, 
after doing eight, I finally feel like I'm getting the hang of it. So that's mine, <laughs> Verna. As wow. someone who worked in youth ministry, that is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm just going to go back to the miracle of like modern travel, you know, like it's just amazing to me that it's like, Oh wow. Like we miss an entire season of warmth and we can get on a plane and within hours be in a completely different climate. And um, so, yeah, it was just such a blessing to have our trip to the sun and warmth and have like very hot, beautiful weather every single day, perfect weather. You know, it's just, so it was just a miracle for me and definitely a huge blessing. Um, and also every time I snorkeled, I saw like at least three sea turtles Ooh, and nice. it was really cool. <laughs> so just the miracle <laughs> of nature and, um, yeah, just the blessing of like such an amazing husband and being able to do stuff like this and being able to share that time with mm-hmm. my brother who went with us and our two friends who are expecting their, awesome. their little baby girl. So awesome. yeah. Yeah. What about you, Paige? Um, this one is truly a miracle. So I will be hitting eight weeks of pregnancy come Saturday, which is in two days. And I have not been grossed out by coffee. (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) I know. Right. Yeah. Like my first two pregnancies starting week six to basically like week 20, I could not handle the smell of coffee, the taste of coffee, anything. And like, I I feel, I think all of my pregnant friends have experienced that as well. It must've been all that Roman espresso. (laughs) Or you're having a girl. Yeah. (laughs) One can hope. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Joe? Um, This is maybe a little bit cliche, but it still holds up, I think. Um, So, uh, I have some very dear friends um, who just had their first child and me and my wife uh, were named the godparents, um, which Mm -hmm. can I just say real quickly is ridiculous. I started a Catholic mission. What do I have to do to be a godfather? I've been wondering this for years. (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) There you go. You uh, had to get married. First time godfather, which was awesome. Uh, But it was just really striking to be there and to see, um, the mother's father is a deacon. And so he was the one to perform the baptism. Mm. Um, And just to see like, and truly understand the reality of what was happening there and, and realizing like, Oh, like he was born a few days ago. And of course that's miraculous in and of itself. But it was like, but right now before my eyes, like he is becoming a Christian. Mm. Like he is, he is becoming Mm. in Christ right now. Um, And that's just wild to think about. Um, mm-hmm. so Amen. we love the sacraments. Amen. I thought you were going to say it was a miracle. Someone chose you to be a God. It was really Amelia that they chose. And then Joe just kind of, <laughs> I just got it by proxy, but I'm fine with that. If I get into heaven by proxy because of Amelia, that's <laughs> destined to marry her. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining us, Joe. Yeah, Um, thank you guys. It's just so great to hear even more about Urban Hearts, and we're so thankful for what you're doing in our community. Mm -hmm. So let's all close in prayer together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of 
our friends on the street and for those who serve them. And just want to ask a special blessing on Joe and all of the Urban Hearts workers as they go out on the street and continue to create these encounters and relationships and just focus on bringing your love and um, your person to everyone that they meet. And we just pray for all of all, all people who are homeless right now, experiencing homelessness, that you would just bless them and, um, and just remind them of their humanity and who they are in you. And we just ask that each and every person out there would be blessed with an encounter like this with someone who would meet them and look at them in the eye and ask about them and care about them. Um, and so we just, yeah, ask that you would continue to grow urban hearts and inspire anyone who's listening, who might have an inkling in their heart um, to just have the courage to, you know, either reach out to this organization or, or something similar and, and get involved in serving in this way. And we ask all this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen. Pray for pray us. Pray for us. And in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 See you next time. See ya. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.